please stand. text for the sermon this day is taken from Isaiah 60, which is read earlier. You may be seated. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, a couple weeks ago, many of you made your way to Cedar Falls for some little football game that happened involving some local team. Okay, so imagine... That trip. Imagine you weren't going there for a football game. Imagine you were dead forced to go there. Not for a football game, you were just going that distance. Imagine an army breaking in to Ida Grove, a foreign military. They destroy the houses, destroy all the buildings, destroy the churches, destroy the courthouse, destroy all of it. And you get to take a suitcase or maybe a backpack or whatever. You could carry that whatever you can get into that one bag and carry it all the way to Cedar Falls, but on foot. But get this, Cedar Falls is only part part of the distance. You actually have to go farther all the way to Chicago by foot. And you have no choice about whether or not to go that direction because they have a sword and a spear at your throat saying, go that way or we will kill you. That is the exile. That is what the nation of Israel was forced to endure. They didn't have to go to Chicago, but they had to go to Babylon. They were forced to leave everything they have Their city was destroyed, the temple was destroyed, and they were forced to go by foot all the way to Babylon, which would be about the equivalent of going from here to Chicago. That is the context that this reading from Isaiah is being written. Not to people that are there, but but the people that will eventually be there. He says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Throughout the history of the world, we have seen such great darkness. We have seen moments in history that were deeply tragic. Think of all the way back to the early days of the church. The order of service that we are using this morning, or this evening, is a variation of evening prayer. And at the very beginning of it was a service of light. For those who ever go to a Higher Things conference, they actually get to see the full version of doing the evening prayer. But service of light, the way it is done... This is actually a very ancient service that goes all the way back to the first century. 
During a time of persecution, when all their all Christians were being left and right, being crucified, being beheaded, being skinned alive. They were being killed by their, their friends, their neighbors, their mother, their father, their friends. They would gather for church, not in a big building like this, but they'd gather in catacombs and caves. They'd gather even, either in the late hours of the night or the early hours of the morning when the sun had not risen so they could gather in secret. And so when they gathered, it would begin the entire, where they were worshiping, the entire worship base was pretty much dark black. And the priest would start in the back of the church. And this is out of our hymnal. These are the same words. The priest would say, chant, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The congregation would say, the light no darkness can overcome. Again, he would come to the middle of the sanctuary. He would say, stay with us, Lord, for it is evening. The congregation would respond, and the day is almost over. And then he'd come to the, right to the steps. He'd say, let your light scatter the darkness and illumine your church. And then he'd stand with the candle lit, held high above his head, and he'd sing the ancient words of the Fos Hilaron, the oldest hymn that we have, oldest known hymn. It dates to the second century. He'd chant, Joyous light of glory of the immortal Father. This would be their service. Now keep that in the back of your mind. Come back to that. Go back. If you look into many of our hymns, many of our hymns were written in very difficult times. You'd be amazed by how many of our hymns were written in the middle of a plague. Take, for example, the ones written by Philip Nikolai. The two famous hymns he wrote was Wake, Awake, for Night is Flying. And the other one, which will be heard on Epiphany, is O Morning Star, How Fair and Bright. This is a man who hit, he lost 2,000 members of his congregation in a single year to the plague. Imagine that. The entire population of Ida Grove dying by a disease. That is what happened in his congregation. He lost 600 in a single month. They had to do mass funerals. And it's in that light that he wrote the hymn, O morning star, how fair and bright. You shine with God's own truth and light. They lived in the midst of darkness. They lived in the midst of the, the evils and the, the darknesses of our world. Right now we are in the season of Advent, and the season of Advent very much focuses on the reality of darkness. Now, in, because we're in the northern hemisphere, we got literal darkness. I was actually looking at it. Today, we had nine hours and 11 minutes of daylight. And we actually did have good daylight today. But October 4th, exactly two months ago, we had 11 and a half hours. So we've lost two hours and 20 minutes in two months. And don't worry, the days are going to get shorter still. We're not quite there to the shortest day. 
And as the days get darker, that means it gets colder. As it gets colder, that means we get more snow. But I know, as I learned at, at the truck stop today, some people, that's a good thing. They like snow. But as we get colder, we get snowier. That means there's more dangers when people drive. As it gets colder, a lot of times people become more sick. Health issues arise. As the darkness rises, depression gets worse. In fact, there is a condition that is known as seasonal effect disorder or SAD, which is where people, when there's less sunlight, they get become more depressed. We are, that is what is going on in this time of the season, but it happens year-round. We deal with depression, we deal with sickness, we deal with death, we deal with the effects of the world, the, the aching pains, the consequences of sin. We dwell in a constant reminder of darkness, a constant reminder of the effects of sin. But the thing is, is, when we read in Isaiah about these people ending up in exile, in their case, they're going into exile because of their sin. We'd be, so, we'd be very naive to think that the darkness is all outside of us and forget the darkness that is in our own sinful nature. We are surround the season of Advent. The reason it's purple, much like it is in Lent, it's a color of repentance. It's a season of repentance. Just turn our hearts and minds to Christ. To look at the darkness in the world, the death, the sickness. We look at the, the fact, just this past Sunday, we had, we had prepared the cheer plates. One of the things I noticed is we do not have as many cheer plates this year. And I wish I could say that was because people got better. They all go to nursing homes. We have 15 less on that list than we did last year. That is the reality of the dark world we live in. So those words, the words that Philip Nikolai said, O morning star, how fair and bright. His hymns were comfort to the people as they lived in the midst of a plague to let them know that as they were in the midst of the darkness of a plague, that the, the light, old morning star, Jesus is the morning star, fair and bright, who shines with God's own truth and light. To let them know that in the darkness of the world that his light shines. The words to the people, to the nation of Israel, as they're about to go into exile, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Which, by the way, if you read Isaiah 59, it is one of the most depressing chapters of the entire Bible. So if they're reading Isaiah, they just got done with one of the most depressing chapters, reading about just how dark and wretched the world has become. And now they're, giving the, they're being told, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The people in the early church when they gathered to hear those words of the false hilaron, those that service of light, or even they heard the prayer ch chanted, blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who led your people Israel by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. 
Enlighten our darkness by the light of your Christ. They heard those words as a reminder that as they are, they are hearing of their friends being executed for being a Christian, as they are gathering in darkness because of persecution, they see that candle lit, that one candle. And they're reminded of those words, Jesus Christ is the light of the world, the light no darkness can overcome. It's very fitting in our northern hemisphere, it's getting darker and darker. And what do you see in this season on many houses? Christmas lights. Look at the trees and these lights upon them. As we, you go out, you drive home, some houses are decorated, some are not. But for those that are lit, you can see they, sh they light up the darkness. The, tree, the light upon the tree. It is all a reminder of another tree. And that is that tree. This tree points to that one. And the reason why traditionally you might put fruit on there, an apple, specifically a red fruit or red bulb, to remind you of the blood that was shed on that tree. The lights upon that tree are to remind you that the light of the world hung on that tree. And he shed his blood on that tree for you. It is a reminder that even though he died an agonizing death upon that tree, the darkness of sin could not hold him. Even though he became sin itself, the darkness of death could not hold him. He was in a dark grave, in a dark tomb, with a, with a stone sealed behind, sealed. It was dark, and it could not hold him. The devil, he actually descended into hell. And the devil could not hold him. Darkness cannot overcome the light of the world. No darkness. No darkness of death. No darkness of sin. No darkness of any kind can overcome the light of the world. Rather, the light of the world, who is Christ, by his death, by his resurrection, overcame sin, death, the devil. He overcame all darkness. No matter how dark and weary your days may be, physically, emotionally, whatever, relationably, no matter how dark it is, no darkness is too deep for our Lord. No darkness is too deep for our Christ who conquered darkness, conquered death, conquered the devil. As we draw closer to Christmas, which that Advent wreath, just a little clock, ticking down the days. So the first one was lit on Sunday. It's going to get lit and lit and lit. And then on Christmas Eve, you'll see that white one lit, ticking down the days to the celebration of Christmas, but also reminding us of the hope that one day, I don't know if you know this, there's a very popular Christmas hymn that actually doesn't belong to Christmas, but it belongs to Advent. Anybody know what hymn that is? Joy to the World. If you ever read that hymn, it doesn't say anything about the birth of Jesus. But it does 
talk about his return. See, the joy to the world is not him being born of the Virgin Mary, which that is joyful, but, the, but it's even more, it is also pointing to the joy that he, the light of the world who conquered sin, conquered death, conquered the devil, that he is the light. So arise, shine, for your light, Christ, will come. And the glory of the Lord will rise upon you. He has risen upon you in his word and his sacrament, and he will rise on the last day to bring you where darkness, death, sickness is no more. Till that day comes, to our King be all glory. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen.